0: Every day.
1: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 14th, 2018. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert in site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at underscore omd I hope you enjoyed the last two episodes of Locked On Magic, talking with Stephen Cameron of Close Up Magic about the Magic's last two drafts and the players they've gotten from those drafts, Wes Owundu, Melvin Frazier, Muhammad Bamba, and Jonathan Isaac. If you missed those episodes, you can... Catch it, of course, on Close Up Magic by searching iTunes for them, or you can go back into our archives and check it out on Locked On Magic to search on iTunes for Locked On Magic. Today's episode, we're going to close out the week with a couple of player profiles, player previews, I should say, as we inch closer and closer to the regular season. Guess what? Guess what? There is only one more week until Media Day. September 24th is Media Day, followed by September 25th, the opening of training camp. So we are inching oh so close just one more week one more full week and then we will have magic basketball back in our lives just just think about how beautiful that sounds magic basketball back in our lives oh it's it's going to be it's going to be so beautiful i can't wait but we are inching ever closer to that to that moment so we're going to continue analyzing and previewing the players on the Magic today, we'll talk about DJ Augustin and Jarrell Martin. It's a couple of interesting players there that I'm sure not a lot of people know what to expect of or what to make of, or probably have outsized expectations for already because that's that's what you do in that's what you do in September uh, about players. But before we dive into that topic, I want to remind everyone that you can check out a lot of the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Football season is in full swing. I'm already obsessed about my fantasy team. I knew this was going to happen when I signed up for a fantasy league for the first time in probably three or four years. Now I'm like, I don't want to be obsessed with this thing. I'm already fretting things. I already made a mistake. I lost a game because I left a guy on the bench. So I'm checking out Locked On Fantasy Football's two podcasts. There are two Locked On Fantasy Football podcasts. You've got Locked On Fantasy Football Experts and Locked On Fantasy Football Daily. You can check out, or 24-7, excuse me, Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. Be sure to check out both podcasts for your Locked On, for your fantasy football insights as you set your lineups each week. Of course, another week coming up this Sunday. On top of all that, too, the Locked On College Network is slowly picking up steam. Locked On Seminoles premiered this week. Get ready for Florida State at Syracuse with Locked On Seminoles. You can also check out Locked On Buckeyes, Locked On Wolverines, Locked On Ducks, Locked On Cougars for the BYU Cougars, Locked On Nittany Lions, Locked On Wildcats for Kentucky, not Northwestern, you know, the team that beat them in the Music City Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to keep saying that. Locked on Gators, I am told, is on the way as well. So be sure to check out iTunes for your college team and check out the other great podcasts locked on the Locked on NFL Network, the Locked on NBA Network, and the Locked on MLB Network as sports is in full swing.
0: Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact.
1: Just, just don't blame him. Don't, don't put all that hate on DJ Augustin. It's not his fault. The big obsession among Magic fans that I've talked to, at least the big, um, the big thing that has Magic fans just on edge, is this point guard situation. According to to many people the worst point guard situation in the entire league. I'm not going to say I disagree with that. The Magic's point guard situation is not good. Isaiah Briscoe is an interesting player coming from overseas, but very unproven in the United States, in, in the NBA. Jerry and Grant has had an up-and-down run with, with his teams, the New York Knicks and the Chicago Bulls. Hasn't quite delivered on the promise that he had at Notre Dame and frankly, this is his last legs. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. And then there's DJ Augustin. A veteran who clearly doesn't fit what the Magic want to do. Let's let's make that perfectly clear. But remains the most consistent and probably best option the Magic have. The absolutely fair criticism for the Magic this summer, and it is a 100% fair criticism, is that the Orlando left a resource on the table. They didn't use that mid-level exception. Now, whether you thought the Magic should go after Isaiah Thomas or not, or address the point guard in some other way, Orlando left a decision on the table. It didn't hurt them. It doesn't hurt them in the long run, which I think is what matters most, and why I think their decision was at least justified. But there is plenty of room to debate what the Magic didn't do this summer, particularly when it comes to the point guard position. And so, I think, personally, it's important to sort of head this off at the pass and say, DJ Augustin is not the one to blame for the Magic's poor point guard situation. He's just going to go there and, and honestly do the best he can to keep the boat steady. And in some respect, I think that's what the Magic wanted from the point guard position this year. I think the Magic wanted someone who not necessarily wasn't going to rock the boat, but who's going to manage the team, make sure it's accomplishing the things that it wants to do, and frankly, bring the ball up, move it on to the next guy, and stay out of the way. His job is to spread the floor and, ro- and manage the team as sort of a, a leader on the court, but not necessarily to hold the ball for too long. They need a veteran to keep them steady. It's a lot of young guys in this starting lineup right now. With Evan Fournier, possibly Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, and eventually Mohamed Bamba. And Nikola Vucevic. There's a lot of mouths to feed. And getting a point guard who doesn't need the ball, who doesn't need to score, who can spread the floor a little bit with his shooting, and can distribute and manage everyone is valuable. That's not to say DJ Augustin is this team's starting point guard for the long term. Absolutely not. Orlando is in the search for a point guard. They're looking for the guy that they want to lead this team. And who knows when or where they will find him. But at least in this short term, D.J. Augustin has value. Especially if he can copy what he did last season. Last year, D.J. Augustin had what I think we can categorize as a bounce-back season after struggling his first year in Orlando. He averaged 10.2 points per game, dished out 3.8 assists per game, and shot a 55.7% effective field goal percentage, including 41.9% from beyond the arc. I think it is safe to say, and in fact, I will say this, DJ Augustin is the best shooter on this team. And for a team that is bereft of three-point shooting, that immediately has value. Now, is Augustin going to be a guy you give the ball to, let him break down a defense and dish it out back to the perimeter or dish it out or make crazy passes or finish around the basket? Absolutely not. Augustine is well aware of his shortcomings. He's a veteran. He knows what he can and what he can't do. And honestly, that's just as important as anything else on a young team. Orlando's going to ask him to do a little bit more than probably he can as a starter. Augustin is probably best coming off the bench as a support player. But on this team, he is the best option they have. And he certainly proved that after the All-Star break when he upped his averages and really finished the season on a tear shooting. Augustin's proven he's comfortable stepping in and being a spot starter and starting when it's called for, as well as coming off the bench. He is a He's a Swiss Army knife of a player. And that's really what Orlando's looking for. More than anything, I think what we can say about Augustin is... He's the definition of not too high and not too low. He's going to do whatever his team needs him to do, and generally, he's going to play all right doing it. And that dependability, I think, is why he's the opening night starting point guard, unless Jerry and Grant or Isaiah Briscoe are just that much better, which I'm not thinking they are. That's why I think the Magic were comfortable with D.J. Augustin coming into the season and why I think D.J. Augustin will be the team's starting point guard at least to start the season. That isn't to say there isn't risk involved. For as good as Augustin's raw offensive production and and, and overall production was last year, even after the All-Star break, the team didn't feel that effect. Didn't feel that net effect. Orlando's net rating with him on the floor was worse after the All-Star break, about minus five points per, 100%, per, per 100 possessions after the All-Star break when he was a full-time starter. And so all his raw numbers look pretty good. Yes, Augustine comes with some problems. He's consistent, he's reliable, but it's hard to say that he always makes a positive impact on the floor. Again, lineups have a lot to do with this. Let's not, let's not, let's not ignore the noise that comes from that stat. Augustin is not a good defender. His, you know, size doesn't help him. He doesn't have the speed that he used to as a, as a younger player. He isn't going to be a stopper. And the hope is certainly with better defensive players around him, you can cover that up. So eventually when Bamba and Isaac and Gordon are on the floor, they'll cover up a lot of mistakes that, that players like Augustin make. Augustin would fit perfectly with a guy like Dwight Howard behind him, like Jameer Nelson did. I wouldn't, I mean, I I would probably say Nelson was a little bit better of a defender than Augustin, but not by much. They both had the same issues defensively. And so, yes, Orlando is looking for a new point guard. I don't think we can hide from that. But at the end of the day, when it comes to it, what Orlando is expecting from DJ Augustin is to be a steady rock. The question then is, is can Augustin do what he did last year again? And that's a question that has haunted Augustin throughout most of his career. The going joke with Augustin is that he has gone good year, bad year, good year, bad year, good year, bad year throughout his entire career. In fact, take a look at this. His effective field goal percentage for his entire career here. 2009, he shoots 51.7%. averages 11.8 points per game. It's pretty solid. Second year, down to 46.7% effective field goal percentage, 6.4 points per game. Not a good year for D.J. August in his second year. 2011, that effective field goal percentage at about 47.4%, not fantastic, but not bad. 14.4 points per game. Let's call that a good season. 2012, effective field goal percentage drops to 43.8%. He still averages 11.1 points per game and a career-high 6.4 assists per game, so he had some value but struggled to shoot the ball. 2013 in Indiana, 46.4% effective field goal percentage, only averaged 4.7 points per game. So scoring was down, but decently, decent bounce back season, I suppose. We'll call that one a wash, because the next year in 2014, he shoots a 50.8% effective field goal percentage and averages 13.1 points per game. The Seesaw continues. 2015, 46.3% effective field goal percentage. 2016, 52% effective field goal percentage. 2017 with Orlando back down to 46.9% effective field goal percentage and 7.9 points per game. And then last year, again, 55.7% effective field goal percentage and 10.2 points per game. It's pretty stunning that, in reality, Augustine hasn't put together back-to-back good seasons. Back-to-back good shooting seasons for sure. And I would honestly say back-to-back quality seasons. Some of that is instability. Ever since... Leaving the Charlotte Bobcats, Charlotte Hornets in 2012, Augustine's bounced around the league. Played 2013 in Indiana, then signed with the with the Raptors, got traded to the Bulls, or signed with the Bulls, got traded to the Raptors, signed with the Pistons, got traded to the Thunder in 2015, stayed with the Thunder, then got traded to the Nuggets in 2016, and then signed a four-year deal with the Magic in 2017. One of the things he was happy about when he signed that four-year deal was was the thought of being in one place for consecutive seasons. In fact, the 2018 season was the first time Augustin has played consecutive full seasons with the same team since the 2012 season with the Charlotte Hornets Bobcats. Stability, Augustin provides stability, and stability helps him. Obviously, Orlando has a new coach now, so we'll see exactly whether Augustin can can have the same kind of season he had last year. And at 30 years old, he isn't getting any younger, unfortunately. I hate to bring that up. But if there's one thing it seems that the Magic can rely on Augustine Fords to be a threat as a three-point shooter, and again, to not make too many mistakes, to be someone who they can rely on for consistent production all year long. That's, again honestly why I think Orlando was okay going into the season with D.J. Augustin as their starting point guard. They didn't feel the need to force something that wasn't there. Now, will there be times that Jerry and Grant starts this year? Yes, I see that happening. I see Jerry and Grant going on a run or the Magic struggling, wanting to change things up and willing to give the young guy a chance. But if there's one thing I think we can say about Augustin is that he'll fit into whatever role the Magic need him to fit that night. Magic need him to to be a little bit more of a playmaker. He's going to try. He's going to do it. Magic need him to to be just a floor spacer and jump shooter. He'll do that. Magic need him to be the spark off the bench. He'll do that. And that in and of itself can be valuable, is valuable. And it's honestly why Orlando is going to stick with DJ Augustin for just a little while longer.
0: Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is
1: there. One player that I think Magic fans, we certainly haven't talked a lot about him on this show, um, at least since they acquired him, uh, and and a lot of Magic fans, I, I don't know if the Magic Fans, Fandom really knows what to, to make of one of the new acquisitions this summer. One of the new guys um, that, that I think could end up having a decently big impact. It's certainly a big season for him. The Orlando Magic sort of shuffled some decks, shuffled some deck chairs this summer. They traded Rodney Purvis, the Oakland City Thunder, for Dakari Johnson's non-guaranteed contract. It looked like that was a ploy to save some money. The Thunder certainly saved some money. Um, uh, The Magic acquired something of value in that as well, but they were going to cut Johnson and and move on from there. But then something happened a few days later. The Magic traded Dakari Johnson to the Memphis Grizzlies for Jarrell Martin. Now all of a sudden, the Magic had a guaranteed contract on their books and a player who, at the very least, had a little bit of intrigue with him. A former first-round pick who really hasn't gotten his opportunity in the NBA. Now whether that's he hasn't gotten his opportunity because he was on a veteran team like the Grizzlies or he hasn't earned and taken that opportunity is the debate, is the question that Jerrell Martin's going to answer this season. But when I've set up my depth chart for the season or at least my preliminary depth chart this season, I've had Jarrell Martin as my backup power forward. If Jonathan Isaac is going to play small forward minutes, Martin to me is the backup four, And so... There is the very real opportunity here that Jarrell Martin's going to see minutes. He's going to have at least a somewhat defined role and is going to get the opportunity to play in Orlando that he may not have gotten in Memphis, at least consistently. Like I said, not many people have probably watched a lot of Jarrell Martin. We've seen a little bit of him here and there, and finding his quality games is difficult to do. Last year was by far his best season. 22.8 minutes per game, played 73 games more than he'd played in his two seasons prior. Only 69 games his two seasons prior. Started 36 games, actually. He averaged 7.7 points per game and 4.4 rebounds per game in those minutes, adding 0.7 blocks per game and shooting a 48% effective field goal percentage. This is a guy who, when you watch him play, looks like the prototypical traditional power forward. He is not a stretch four, not yet at least. He looks like a guy who can be physical in the paint, um, step out and hit the jumper, is effective when he has his feet set, but you're not going to rely on him a whole lot. And it's he's not mobile or versatile enough, it seems like to be one of those new wave fours. He is a traditional power forward. That That is how I would describe his position. And unfortunately, that position has kind of gone out of favor. You're not going to play Jarrell Martin at the three. You're not going to put him on the perimeter. He needs to be close to the basket to be effective. But there are some interesting things that he can do. He is a capable jump shooter, something he still needs to improve on, and you'd like to see him extend that out to a three-point line, but... Put his feet under him, give him a pick and pop, he'll make a three. He'll make a shot. He'll He'll make a jumper. He's got a good enough form. On rolls to the basket or drives to the basket, you give him a line drive and some space to jump, he can jump over people. The Magic learned that in their game at Memphis this year. He is someone that, in very simple plays, very kind of rudimentary plays, can be surprisingly effective. Or at least he has those skills. But those skills for Jarrell Martin have not translated to the court. He shot worse than 50% on layups, according to NBA.com, last year. On open jumpers, he shot less than 45%. This is a guy who can get himself in good positions, but doesn't always take advantage. The consistency is not there. And like I said, probably doesn't have the mobility to play you know, a switching four like the Magic want to build. He's intriguing. He's talented. He's got athleticism. He can put it together, possibly. Um, If his jumper comes along, he becomes a much more interesting and exciting offensive player. But it hasn't come around yet. And that's really the pressure that Jarrell Martin's under this season. He's at the end of his rookie contract. This is the final year of his contract. Orlando Honestly, I think did a good job collecting guys on their rookie contracts. Taking a chance on a Jarrell Martin is exactly what the Magic should do in their situation. Give him bench minutes. See what he can do. See if he's worth keeping around. See if he's worth investing in or possibly is a potential trade bait later on in the year. You don't know. But a young guy like him is the kind of guy the Magic should be trying to push to the front. But Martin is very much fighting, I think, for his NBA career. He's very much fighting for his place in the league and on a team. And the Magic are the place where he's going to have to have that fight. A change of scenery was probably something that he needed. But at the same time, whenever a player gets traded on their rookie contract, it tells you a little something. I don't know how much it tells you, but it tells you a little something. And certainly that Memphis was willing to trade him essentially in a salary dump because they cut Dakari Johnson not long after they acquired him. Trading him in a salary dump also tells you something. Barton has a lot of work to do and a lot to prove. And he's got to earn the playing time he's going to get because Ken Birch might steal some minutes at the four. They might play Birch and Bamba together with Bamba hanging around the perimeter more than Birch because Birch isn't the greatest shooter in the world. Ken Burch, by the way, playing uh, for Team Canada earlier earlier on Thursday as well uh, for their World Cup qualifying. It's It's, again, hard to pin down exactly what Martin's going to provide because throughout his career so far, he hasn't been able to pin down something consistent that he can do. Martin playing well isn't life or death for the Magic. It'd be nice to see a young guy do well. Especially uh, give, give the Magic another, another you know, option ma- uh, for matchups. If they're playing a team that has a bruising four, they can throw him at, out there. But Martin's going to have to prove himself all over again. He's going to have to prove himself in a way he hasn't yet done so far. And I think he will get that opportunity. I'm just not sure if he is going to be able to rise to the challenge. And that is the big question facing him. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic and like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including a look now that we're a week away, week out from the Hall of Fame announcement, a look at who the next Magic alums that could get the call to Springfield will be, check out Orlando orlandomagicdaily.com. That post will be up around noon on Friday. But that's going to do it for me today. We'll be back again next week with more player previews, player outlooks, as we get set for the 2019 season. Again, only one more full week away until training camp starts. One more full week. It's exciting. I'm excited. You should be too. Magic basketball's almost back. But until then, For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey, Prime members.